O King, in all circumstances, whether you consider the soul to be an eternal principle or the material body to be perishable or everything to exist in the impersonal absolute truth or everything to be an inexplicable combination of matter and spirit, feelings of separation are due only to illusory affection and nothing more. The actual fact is that every living being is an individual part and parcel of the Supreme Being, and his constitutional position is subordinate cooperative service. Either in his conditional material existence or in his liberated position of full knowledge and eternity, the living entity is eternally under the control of the Supreme Lord. But those who are not conversant with factual knowledge put forward many speculative propositions about the real position of the living entity. It is admitted, however, by all schools of philosophy that the living being is eternal and that the covering body of the five material elements is perishable and temporary. The eternal living entity transmigrates from one material body to another by the law of karma And material bodies are perishable by their fundamental structures. Therefore, there is nothing to be lamented in the case of the souls being transferred into another body or the material bodies perishing at a certain stage. There are others also who believe in the merging of the spirit soul in the supreme spirit when it is uncovered by the material engagement. And there are others also who do not believe in the existence of the spirit or soul but believe in tangible matter. In our daily experience, we find so many transformations of matter from one form to another, but we do not lament such changing features. In either of the above cases, the force of divine energy is uncheckable. No one has any hand in it, and thus there is no cause of grief. We are reciting from Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the topmost Shastra, meant to bring us to the topmost level of pure love of Krishna. Our aim is to go back to Godhead, back to the spiritual world, to live with Krishna in eternal bliss. Krishna is sweet, beautiful, charming, compassionate, the abode of all good qualities. Now we are studying Srimad Bhagavatam just to awaken our attraction toward Krishna. We find in this discussion Krishna is not mentioned directly. The discussion is of detachment from this material world. Specifically in relationship with Dhritarashtra who is being advised to become detached from this world, he, due to his many uh, offenses toward Krishna and his devotees, his natural love for Krishna could not be awakened. But the sense of detachment is there. These don't remain in this place here. But our aim is more than impersonal liberation. Our aim is to join Krishna. So why is the Bhagavatam discussing these points of detachment? Well, that detachment is also required if we are to go to Krishna. We cannot go to Krishna if we are attached to this material world. If we have any material desire whatsoever, 
we will not go to Krishna. We will come to this world to uh, fulfill that desire. Now, if we consider that our desire is to go to Krishna and that we cannot go there if we have any even slight material desire and if we consider that I can't speak for you, I can speak for myself and it may apply to you also. In my case there's there's no question of me having a slight material desire. It's not slight, it's overwhelming. Millions, and un- I, I, you can't even count them all. Just waves and waves of material desires flowing through the mind at every moment. Then how are we going to go to Krishna? Is it such an easy thing that we shall go to Krishna? Not very easy thing. You see, even the Dhritarashtra, uh, so much uh, preaching is required to him. It's not just a matter of hurry bowl and then you go back to Godhead. Hurry bowl, Prabhu. Where are you going? I'm going back to Godhead. Ho, 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 ho. Not such an easy thing. Bahunam Janmanamante Gyanavang Mang Prapadite Vasudeva Sarvamati Samahatma Sudurlabha. After many births, someone may actually wake up to the fact that I'm meant to surrender to Krishna and surrender to Krishna. Such a great soul is very rare. Chaitanya Mahabharata is very merciful and he's made this process available to us very by which we can uh, very easily go to Krishna. But when we say very easy, it's not like uh, putting a dime in a slot machine and getting a packet of cigarettes out. It's not that easy. Easy means that uh, severe austerities are not required. uh, To be a very great scholar of Vedic literature is not required. But still it's required, one has to become free of all material desires. And that is not easy. It seems not easy because we're, we are habituated to not only to have material desires, but to go on cultivating them. We think that if they're material desires, they should eventually wear out, right? You, you have a material desire, you fulfill it, then it's finished. You have another, then there's another material desire. You fulfill it, it's been no. Because not only do we have material desires, but we're constantly cultivating new ones. So, uh, pure love of Krishna is our aim. But we have to understand that we, we have to become free from material desires so that we can... Uh, have any chance of cultivating pure love for Krishna because pure love for Krishna is completely distinguished from mundane desire. Atendriya priti vancha tare bale kam krishnendriya priti ichad hare premanam. Prem, this word, well known word, this pure love of Krishna is defined as 
desire to satisfy Krishna and mundane lust that binds us in this material world is defined as a desire to satisfy our senses independently from Krishna. Therefore, there's the Brahmachari Ashram. There's training, rigorous training in freedom from material desire. It's, it's moment by moment one is supposed to live. Brahmachari. Brahmachari means one who lives or moves in the spiritual atmosphere. There's no other. He's cultivating spiritual life at every moment. And uh, how does uh, how does he do that? They're usually the young boys, they go to the Gurukul. And children, they're sensitive. They're children, by, by nature, they're wild. They have no, there's no question of sense control for a, for a two-year-old or a three-year-old. But that starts with discipline. Brahmachari Gurukule Vasandanto Guru Hitam. Dasavan. What is that? Acharani Cho Guru So Sudrida Sohrida. Brahmachari, young boy, child. I mean, child means wild. Senses, senses out of control. Maybe a little pre-training from the parents, but they come under the control of the guru. They live in the gurukul, and they're disciplined, and they have to live like a slave. Das, dasa. This word is sometimes translated as servant. There's no real concept of slave in Vedic culture, but like that. Like, like a slave. Dasavan means like a slave. Uh, taking a very humble, subordinate situation and uh, serving the guru with great affection. Why? Why should that be? Why so much discipline? Just the opposite of the schools today where self-esteem, to, puff, to make the student puffed up, whereas the the Gurukul system is to make the brahmachari puffed up and what's the opposite of that? Punched down. <laughs> yeah. But that's meant for lifting them up because that con- the control, because the children cannot control their senses. So they're controlled. Now you do, they're told, you do this, you do that. And in this way, by under the uh, guidance of the guru, then they become controlled. And then they can go on in life, either remaining brahmachari or getting married. But they've taken the training by which the senses are controlled, without which there's no question of actual spiritual life. That's the beginning of spiritual life, is sense control. So then uh, he may go on to family life. Of course, what happens nowadays, uh, people become brahmacharis at the age of 23, or, and they're already, they've had, a, uh, they started off as children with uncontrolled senses, and they never were trained in childhood in sense control. 
rather they were encouraged in sense indulgence. So they've remained children all their life, although they're supposed to be adults. But uh, in terms of actual psychological development, they're, they're like children. Me, 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 me. That's all the child can think of. Uh, and there's no training in sense control. So that's all they... Th- and, and they just grow up like, like, like a spoiled child. That's just normal nowadays. So when they come to Brahmachai life, some, some may come to Brahmachai life they're, they're by, due to some uh, previous devotionally oriented activities in previous lives, due to good fortune, they think that, yes, what is this? Simply indulging the senses. Let me uh, try for that noble life, that better life, beyond the pushings of the senses. And they voluntarily submit to Brahmachari life, in which there are many rules to be followed. <clears throat> One devotee, an astrologer, told me some time ago that uh, in, the, in someone's chat, it may show that they're living a very restricted life they have to uh, they're not allowed outside of the place they live without permission and under a lot of discipline so that could be indicated in someone's chart that could be a prison or it could be an ashram they're very similar of course one enters the ashram voluntarily for the sake of learning self-control, for the sake of spiritual uplift. It's not a punishment, as the prison is. But in many ways it's very similar. One submits oneself to uh, the discipline of others. Of course, one is the prison discipline is punitive, and the ashram discipline is meant for liberation from material existence. So that brahmachari ashram that is required, that's better from birth, but if not, better late than never. And that is especially meant to train up first-class human beings who can set an example for others. And then in Grihastha ashram also, that is also meant for sense control. Ashram means it's meant for self-control. Just like there's there are two terms, karma and karma yoga. They're not exactly the same. Karma means to work. A donkey is also working. There's no, there's not, a donkey is not a yogi. So a human being works, and it doesn't mean he's a yogi. I'm doing karma. So we made so many people say, I'm doing karma yoga. They're not doing karma yoga. They're just doing karma. There's the, the purpose of what they're doing is not self-realization. So it's karma. 
simply to work. And uh, first thing when you open your shop in the morning, you offer a little agabati to the till. That's not karma yoga. That's simply karma. Karma yoga means Mostly people know the first line of this. Yes, I have a right to work. Yes. And they may say the second line. We should not be attached to the results. But they're completely attached. So karma and karma yoga, they're not the same thing. Although in many ways they may appear to be the same. So also grihasta and grihasta ashrami. Or one who is not the same thing. Simply to live, grihasta, to live in a home, that is a grihasta. So even the, even the ants, they have their home. <laughs> so there's no uh, great honor about simply being a grihasta. But grihasta ashram means to live for the sake of self-realization. And practically, with little exception... The Grihasta, although it said there's a license for sense gratification in Grihasta Ashram, but the very fact he lives in an ashram means he's living for self-realization. And the, the rules for God, or the, the conditions for going back to God are the same for everyone. It's not that the Grihasta, someone has been in Grihasta Ashram, and then they have to go back to God and say, oh, you're a Grihasta, okay, you have a special license. But there's the same condition. Everyone has to be free from material attachments, which is more problematic in the Grihastra Ashram because one lives with all the everything that one might be expected to be attached to. Therefore, in the Vedic scheme, three ashrams are meant simply for renunciation and for full-scale spiritual absorption. And in one ashram, there is allowance for some material attachment, sense gratification. But the, the idea is that first one should be trained as a brahmachari and learn what is detachment, have a, have a taste for full absorption in spiritual life. Then we may enter Grihasta life, Grihasta ashram. And then again, at the age of 50, one should uh, come out of family life, uh, or the partial removal as a vanaprastha. Uh, and then uh, others may eventually take sannyas. But the idea is not to remain attached, because if we remain attached to this material world, then we don't go to Krishna. So we've heard many times, Haran Nama, Haran Nama, Haran Nama, Eva Kevalam Kalo, Nasjeva, 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 Gatiranyata. The Hare Krishna mantra, chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. This is the way to worship Krishna in Kali Yuga. But also Srimad Bhagavatam should be heard with all its instructions, including instructions such as these. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is very merciful. That means he gives us a process by which we can go back to home, back to Godhead very easily. But it's still the same Godhead that we have to go to, in which there is own admission into that place is only possible 
by uh, complete absorption in Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives us a process by which we, we, we may come to that platform uh, quickly, easily, compared to uh, other processes. But ultimately it's the same condition. We have to develop pure love of Krishna and be free from material desires. So this has to be cultivated in Grihastha Ashram also. And in many ways then there may not be that for one especially for one who's been trained as a brahmachari, he cannot be a, a sense uh, sense enjoyer. So in Grihastha Ashram that is to be understood also many rules and regulations to follow. Traditionally people worshipped the, the, especially the uh, Vaishyas and Kshatriyas, and especially Brahmanas, they would worship the deity at home. For, for deity worship, there are so many rules to follow. It's not that you can, uh, if one is going to worship the deity, that one can have a little sense enjoyment here and there and then worship the deity. No, one has to be very pure. And that means, very pure means not just taking a bath, but one has to be pure in one's habits and activities. So there's the training for uh, going, for, for entering the spiritual world. That even in family life, that uh, although one lives with putra dara griha deshu, one lives with sons, wives, and uh, one's in the home, but the, the spirit of detachment is being uh, cultivated. So. Uh, Every devotee is meant to be a brahmachari. That I've compiled that book some years ago, Brahmachari and Krishna Conscious. That's meant for all devotees because brahmachari means one who lives in a spiritual atmosphere. Grihastas are also meant for that. To uh, they're also meant for uh, cultivating sense control. For uh, dovetailing all their activities in Krishna's service and cultivating the practice by which one can be fully attached to Krishna. Full attachment to Krishna is only possible if there is full detachment from this material world. And so both practices go on side by side. It's not that we simply emphasize detachment from this world. But it's also not that we only emphasize attachment to Krishna because if we only speak of of Krishna, as long as we are materially attached, if we only speak of Krishna and we don't speak of how this material world is binding, then we won't clearly understand who is Krishna because uh, unless we distinguish the spiritual nature by discussion, in discussion, unless we distinguish the spiritual nature from the material nature, uh, then we will tend to think of Krishna's pastimes as being something of the material nature. So we also need to hear of the difference between spirit and matter, and we also have to hear of the need for detachment from this world uh, because unless we hear that, then our even though we hear about Krishna, 
our tendency will be to remain attached to this world, maybe subtly, maybe grossly. But as long as we have any attachment to this world, uh, we cannot uh, become eligible to enter the spiritual world. So both, both discussions have to go on side by side. Tato du sangha mutsraja. I always forget this now. Tatodu Sangam Utsrija. What is that? Look it up. Tatodu Sangam Utsrija. Look it up. Eleventh canto. Should be there. Why do I always forget? Important verse. Satsu Sajeta Buddhiman. Santa evasya chindanti manovya sangam uktibihi. That's the verse. So, uh, this verse states that after having seen that everything in this world is useless, that, that all promises of material happiness are all simply false, having seen that and theoretically understood it, one should very intelligently associate with sadhus. And what will be the effect of, of, of associating with them is that they will speak in such a way to cut our material attachments. So even having seen that this world is miserable, even in the heavenly planets there's, nothing, there's no actual happiness, Having theoretically understood that, we should continue to associate with uh, devotees who speak in such a way to cut those attachments. Because even theoretically understanding is not enough. We may get first prize in the Bhakti Shastri competition or whatever it is, and uh, and think that now I've you see now I now I know everything. You see, I got 90, 99%, 100%. I know everything. But if we have any material attachments, that means we didn't understand fully, probably. At least the- theoretical understanding is not enough. We have to constantly have to become detached from that. And there are practices also to uh, loosen those or to help us to get free from those attachments that bind us to this material world. There are various practices that we have to follow. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the most merciful, who is giving Krishna Prema. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives Krishna Prema. Namo Mahavaranyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Maha. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the most munificent of all the avatars because he gives Krishna Prema. So this very same Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very strict in his personal practices and he expected that of his followers also because we cannot have sense indulgence and Krishna consciousness. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took the role of a sannyasi although he's more than any sannyasi. But he took the role of a sannyasi. What is the role of a sannyasi? Well, people say, well, sannyasis, they they live a very strict life, and then others, they don't have to be so strict. But 
that's true in one sense, but the sannyasi's strictness, that is not just meant for him, but that's most supposed to set an example for others also. It's not that, well, he's a sannyasi, so let him be strict, and I'm a grihastha, so I don't have to be so strict. But we all, it's to show that everyone is meant for that. It's not expected that everyone will come to that level immediately, but everyone has to practice for that. Yes, I wanted to make that point. That Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, he, he was very strict personally, and he taught also. <clears throat> For instance, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught that Bishoyer on the Kaile Malin Hoiman, Mon Malin Hoile Nahe Krishnesmaran, Krishnesmaran Nishval Jivan. He taught that if we eat the food of non devotees, then the mind becomes contaminated. And if the mind becomes contaminated, then we can't properly think of Krishna. If we don't think of Krishna, then our whole life is completely useless. So we hear, Shravana Kirtan, this is the process to remember Krishna. But there are many other considerations also. Even just eating some food of non-devotees. We think, well, it's, uh, you see, this is the prasad. And what is that? That's some... Chapati. And this is the bread and butter from the shop. And it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. One is cooked by devotees, offered to Krishna, that is purifying, purifies the consciousness. Another is cooked by non devotees for sense pleasure, and although it may seem to be the same thing, the consciousness is the consciousness of the cook and the the karmic reaction is transferred in that. So that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that pollutes the consciousness. So one may be following principles, no illicit sex, no meat eating, all these things. There are other principles also that if, if they're not followed, they uh, undermine all else that we are doing. There are many rules to be followed uh, that will help us to become advanced in Krishna consciousness. And if we don't follow, then we can't properly advance. There's one rule. I'm mentioning that because I've heard and I've seen that all over the world what this practice that we learned from Srila Prabhupada and he learned it from his guru and this was coming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and from time immemorial that one should uh, a transcendentalist he doesn't just eat here and there this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also says jiba lala sheji iti uti dhai shishno dar parayan krishna nahipai one who goes here and there seeking to indulge his tongue. Where is there some nice food? Even in the name of prasadam, if you think, oh, very nice, let me think, let me go here, they have the best prasadam. Just simply prasad, prasad. Well, even even then that's better than going to some karmi restaurant or ice cream shop or something like that. But the, the idea that let me enjoy my tongue, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says such a person, they become uh, 
attached to their bellies and genitals and they don't get Krishna. So that was a strict principle in all Vedic culture. Did, did they follow that? Can you remember in your childhood? You come from a traditional Brahmin family. Was it like that? They wouldn't eat outside? They definitely wouldn't eat they wouldn't eat outside the caste, right? That was used to be very strict. Now all that is gone, but that was that was very strict. So, uh, everywhere we see that's uh, that, that I, I learned this when I joined the movement, and everyone used to follow. They, I, at Bhaktivedanta Manor in London, the Gujarati people, they used to bring big boxes of sweets bought from the Gujarati shop, and no one would touch anything of it. They'd, feed it to the cows or something like this. It's cooked by non-devotees, we won't. There used to be boxes and boxes of all sweets and we didn't know what to do with it all. <laughs> we do. No one would touch it because that is, the understanding was there. We only eat food cooked by devotees offered to Krishna. So we may think, well... What's the harm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, that's the harm. The mind becomes polluted. Then we can't think of Krishna. And then everything else we're doing, because then what else are we doing? What are all that we're doing, just for that little momentary pleasure of the tongue, that becomes lost. <clears throat> so that strictness is required. In every ashram, not that well. That's a sannyasi, so he uh, has to follow strictly. I don't have to follow strictly. That's true to some extent, but not in this regard, because Chaitanya—it's a general principle. If one eats food, one eats food cooked by non-devotee, then the mind becomes contaminated. You may say, well, everyone else is doing it, but that still doesn't change the principle. <laughs> that, uh, Among the drunkards, everyone is drinking. Everyone is getting liver cirrhosis. So, I'll drink also. Then you'll also get liver cirrhosis. So, everyone is eating food cooked by non devotees So, I'll do also. Chaitanya Mahabharu is very merciful, we may say. Yes, he's very merciful. He's so merciful that he's clearly instructed us what we need to do and not not to do, so that we can actually make spiritual advancement. That is mercy. You may say, well, this guru is very merciful because he lets us do all these things. But I don't see how that's mercy. And mercy means he should, he should teach you. And it's not that uh, you go to the gates of Vaikuntha and they say, well, uh, actually you won't even go, but theoretically, <laughs> you see... Uh, You've been eating all the... You're not, you're not following all the basic principles. Yeah, but my guru said... Oh, okay. But no, the guru means he teaches you what's in Shastra, what's to be followed and what's not to be followed. That's the meaning of a guru. Otherwise, what's the meaning? And it's not that the rules change. Well, it's Kali Yuga. But still, in every Yuga, the rules stay... The, this, the condition is the same. To enter the spiritual world, 
we have to have pure love for Krishna and no material attachment. It's the, that's every yoga, every jiva. The Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gives us a, a relatively easy process. He makes it easy for us. But still, we have to come to that point. And there are certain things to, uh, of being attached to Krishna and not attached to this material world. And to do that, to, to come to that level, there are certain things that we have to do and certain things that we should not do. So all that is given in Shastra, which we're supposed to know and follow. Tasma chastram pramanante karya karya vevastito gyatva shastra vidhanaltam karyam kartamiharhasi. One should know if one wants to be godly. This, this verse comes at the end of the chapter of the divine and demoniac nature. So if one wants to be godly and not demoniac, then one has to know what we are supposed to do and what we are not supposed to do according to Shastra and act accordingly. And the other side is pravrittincha nivrittincha janana vidura suraha. Those who are demoniac, they don't know and they don't care what is to be done and what is not to be done. So we cannot change the process given in Shastra in the name of... We, we just pull out the word mercy and that's some kind of devious way by which we can just do whatever damn thing we like and pretend that we are followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But it doesn't work. The, the problem with all of this is that it doesn't work. We don't get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. We, we have his mercy in the form of his instructions. If we follow that, then we become eligible to get his mercy. And if we don't, then we're cut off from that. So, Haran Nama, Haran Nama, we have the picture of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu performing Sankirtan. We don't have a picture of him after the Sankirtan going into the local dhaba and uh, eating some chips <laughs> or any such thing. He would take prasad offered to the deity. He was very strict. Dhaba means a restaurant. Cafe, I guess you'd call it. It's the nearest equivalent to a cafe. So they were very strict about these things. All of his followers. So we should be also. That will help us. We, we have to keep in mind. This is a very, very, very... You read this purple. It's very... Very serious matter. How to be free of material attachment. How to be free of material attraction. Uh, it's a very serious matter. It's not easy in a world which is soaked with sense gratification. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has given us this process of chanting. It's not easy. But by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, we can become detached. But we're going to have to practice uh, very rigidly. We may not tell everyone who's coming in the door the first time, okay, now off with your hair, no more tea, coffee, no more TV, no more cinema. We don't say immediately. But those, those who are going to be initiated should know these things and follow these things. Otherwise, there's not much meaning to initiation. Unless we're prepared to practice Krishna consciousness very seriously according to our 
position, whatever position we're in, Grihastha, there will be some difference to those who are leading a, a, a brahmachari life. Those who are brahmacharis, they have the good opportunity to uh, be absorbed all the time in purely spiritual practices. Those who are Grihastas, in the modern world, they are... Uh, they have to work this way and that way. Of course, Srila Prabhupada, he also wanted to establish communities where devotees could live together, live simply, uh, grow their own food, protect the cows, and in this way live among devotees and cultivate Krishna consciousness among themselves, which is a much more favorable situation for practicing Krishna consciousness as a Grihastha than living and working among non-devotees. So that's also a consideration. But uh, anyway, whatever situation we may be in, we should uh, practice very strictly and, and, and cultivate, not just in words, but in practice, being a servant of Krishna. Servant of Krishna means, what does that mean exactly? That all our senses are engaged in the service of Krishna. Sarvo padhivinir muktam tatparat vena nirmalam hrishikena hrishikesha sevanam bhaktir uchyate. When one realizes I'm, I'm not uh, this body, but I'm a servant of Krishna, then we have to engage all the senses of the body which we are attached to in the service of Krishna. That is bhakti in the beginning stage. And in the pure stage, we have purely spiritualized senses. So we can be liberated in this very life, even in this world, if we simply adhere to this principle of always serving Krishna. And Krishna will reveal himself to us. Atashi Krishna Nama Dinabhavet Grahyam Indra Sivon Mukhi Hiji Vadu Swayameva Spuratyada. Krishna revealed Krishna who is very difficult to understand. He reveals himself when our senses are purified. That means when our, when we are no longer cultivating how I will enjoy my senses, and we engage all our senses in the service of Krishna, then Krishna reveals himself. And that engaging the service, the senses in the service of Krishna begins with the tongue. So the tongue has to vibrate the holy name of Krishna and take Krishna prasadam and not become contaminated. Then we, then we can make progress in Krishna consciousness. Is there any question about this, please? Question, comment, or whatever? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah, I put it up again. Yeah. What is that verse? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's true for everyone. We have to cultivate being free from 
uh, aversion and attachment and uh, engage the senses in the spiritual platform. Practices there. Yeah, and then? So, we could ask the question according to, according to this statement, seems that uh, mercy is preceded by sense control and uh, could we also consider the ability to control the senses yeah, which comes first? Well, in, in, there are many similar uh, questions we could say. We, if we attempt to control this, our senses, Krishna will help us to do so, and then we, we get His mercy. So it's like that. From from hearing, we get the taste to chant. We get inspiration to chant. By chanting, we get inspiration to hear. So, yeah, we, we attempt to control the senses and then we get the full mercy of the Lord. But even to have the inspiration to control the senses, that also that, that is by the mercy of the Lord, manifested through his devotees who teach us all these things. All right. Anything else? Someone else want to say something? Yeah. Pass the mic over. Oh, there's another one. All right. Atma vasya. Yeah, yeah. One, one should, one should be self-controlled, not dragged here and there by the senses. Yes, please. What did you find wonderful about it? It pierced my heart. So I it pierced your heart. Now you're collapsed on the floor. <laughs> what exactly pierced your heart? You said as Garastas we have this, and nothing, you know, we don't get any special mercy being a Garastas. It, it's, it's the principles are the same. The principles are the same for everyone. All right. Yeah. So what's your question, please? So, Maharaj, as parents, when we are raising a child, especially a male child, do we focus uh, on training the child to take a brahmacharya? If yes, then what are the aspects that you know we, we need to focus on when we do that? As parents, you uh, have the duty to guide your children so that they don't get born again. As Rishabdev says, Guru Nasasyat, Swajana Nasasyat, Pita Nasasyat, Janani Nasasyat, Patishchas Nasyan, Nap, what is it? Napatishchasasyat, Namochi Adhyasamopetam Rityam. One should not take the position of a guru, or a mother, or a father, or uh, take any respect from anyone, or a relative unless one can guide one's dependents so they will not take birth again. So you have to see the best way to do that. The best way to do that is uh, to, yes, guide them to be brahmachari. But then you also have to be strict yourself. Brahmachari is one term, vyabhichari is another term. Vyabhichari means gross sense indulgence. Gross sense indulger. So yes, you should guide them to be brahmacharis. Thank you.
Vishnu Maharaj. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you for your wonderful Vyas Puja offering to Srila Prabhupada Maharaj. Damodar Prabhu read it on the Vyas Puja day. Mm -hmm. um, it was so amazing that you expressed your humility and uh, it was so nice that a sannyasi is saying that uh, he should uh, be out of the adoration that comes and then you want to serve Prabhupada very sincerely. Well, we should all want to serve Prabhupada sincerely, isn't it? So. Thank you, Maharaj. Maharaj, my question is, uh, in one, um, Rupa Goswami says that one should avoid Atiyahara. Mm. But we also hear that one should take prasad to the snake, means we read many pastimes. So, but uh, that, like how do One should avoid excessive eating, atyahara, and we also hear of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu encouraging his devotees to take more and more. Srila Prabhupada wrote in one letter that about, when he was asked about this, it seems from the letter that he wrote that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was taking prasad, but on principle he was avoiding. So you'll find that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he'd always ask for... The, Give me the simple, very simple items. Lafra benjan, that's it. Very simple vegetables. And by tricks, his devotees would give him more and more. So there are two considerations. There's that of the sadhaka, or one who is uh, attempting to become advanced in spiritual life. And there's what we may call even the pre-sadhaka. And there's the liberated devotee. So the pre-sadhaka... We fill them up with prasadam as much as possible so they can't walk out the door. Then they're, <laughs> then they're trapped and then we preach to them. And then when they take up Krishna, when we take up Krishna consciousness seriously, we should uh, always act on the principle Anu Kulyasya Sankalpa Prati Kulyasya Varjanam. We act, everything we do, we should consider how what I'm doing that is favorable for advancement in Krishna consciousness and what if I uh, what I should not do because that will block my advancement so one should take Krishna prasadam sufficient to maintain the body healthily so that one can serve Krishna and sometimes there are feasts in which devotees they are uh, in festive mood, they glorify the pastimes of Krishna. And bhunte bhojayate chaiva, one devotee will try to feed a devotee more and more. So that may be occasionally also, but not, uh, not as a general principle that we stuff more and more and more. And we take, then, then prasad is no longer prasad, because prasad means the mercy of the Lord to help us make spiritual advancement. But if we think this is something for me to enjoy, then it becomes bhog from our perspective. Then we're no longer accepting the mercy of the Lord, but we're seeing it as something for my enjoyment. So then, it's the, of course, Krishna Prasad is always Prasad, but due to our mentality, it uh, our mentality be, converts that into something for our enjoyment. So, generally we should eat simply and according to our need. Thank you, Maharaj. But um, in the practical sense, um, what, I'm, um, what I want to ask more is, 
sometimes we know it's bad for our health or uh, it doesn't help us uh, with the sadhana. So we preach to the mind. Maybe for 10 hours, 12 hours, we control from that. But the moment we see it being offered to others or something, we fall down. So even when we are serving to others, like if our plate is made, then we... Then you, then, then you just fill up your belly as much as you like. And... and and suffer and then you have to learn gradually. But it just goes on and on, Mother. So at what time the mind will... That's up to you. That's up to you. When you become disgusted <laughs> with <laughs> with your own foolishness, then you may... Uh, then you may come to a better platform. Hmm. In this particular class, like, not only just create a plate of material desire, but also always, uh, we are also cultivating new material desire. So, can you please elaborate on this one? Like, what new material desire you cultivate and you take away from service? Oh, you want me to tell you how to cultivate more material desire? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't need that. We're all quite well expert in that. That's there because we're always, at every moment, we're, we, we see, touch, smell, feel, taste, and contemplate. And as we see various things, because as we touch various things, as we smell various scents, because our attitude is one of enjoying this world, then we cultivate new desires, one after another. Just by contact with material energy, with the attitude of enjoying it. Therefore we have to hear regularly that we are not meant for enjoying this world, that enjoying this world... The attempt to enjoy this world simply causes us suffering. We have to we have to hear that regularly. And then gradually, gradually we uh, become purified. Just like this matter of taking prasad. Alright, so we all we all take too much, more than we should. But at least stick to the principle of taking Krishna prasada. That is one form of self control. That means there may be so many nice things, ice cream, uh, cakes, there may be so many things available in the stores. But if we have the vow, I will only take Krishna prasada, then we don't even notice all of that. You don't, just like there are so many advertisements, buy this, buy that, but we don't even notice. Of course, we may see them, but we don't. We don't seriously think that there's some advertisement. This TV program is on at 8 p.m. every Friday. We never think, oh yes, I should watch that, or because we we have a, already made our decision always to serve Krishna. So that that is the that is a first very big step in self-control is to take only Krishna prasada. And if we stick to that principle, then gradually Krishna will help us to uh, become more controlled in taking moderate quantities. Maya may help us also. We get sick. We get sick like that. Um, so, I mean, I have a question about prasadam. Um, if one doesn't know the prayer for offering food to Krishna, um, 
You can offer you can offer food to Krishna by chanting Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare and praying to Krishna. The main thing is praying to Krishna. Krishna, please accept this. I'm not a very good servant, but anyway, you please accept. That's the main prayer, the attitude. And you can learn the prayers also. They're very simple. You can write them down and learn them. Or if you're not very good in learning all this uh, Sanskrit, you're not familiar with that, you may pray. Krishna, I'm not fit to offer this to you, but you please be merciful and accept this. And if we pray sincerely, Krishna will accept it. And if we know all the different mantras and procedures, but we don't have that humble submission to Krishna, then Krishna, why should he accept it? Krishna is not a, a machine that you offer something to. Here, quick, quick, finish the offering. <laughs> I want to take prasadam, the offering. Stick it in front of the offering machine. Watch the, watch the formula. Stick it in front. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, it's prasadam. <laughs> Give it to me right away. I'm hungry. Hmm? Is it, does it matter if uh, one actually knows the prayer or is it just about the sincerity? It's nice to know the prayer also. The prayer is not just a formula, but it's a prayer to Krishna, glorifying him. So it's nice, it's good to know the prayer also. Maharaj, uh, the Guru starts moving to form communities. Um, there is discouragement with family and within the congregation, within the devotees as well. So why is that? Why is that? I don't know. Who is discouraging you? Ask them why they're discouraging <laughs> you. ask them. I don't know. I'm not telling them to discourage you. You can ask them. If Prabhupada says to do it, then we should encourage, not discourage. When you yourself become so disgusted with this whole artificial way of life and you want to be, when you want to practice Krishna consciousness throughout the day and night, every day of your life as a Grihasta, then you yourself will wonder and to, to live in such a community. And when you see that your children are going to be subjected to this nasty so-called education, then you yourself may feel that I have to do it. Even everyone may be against me. But everyone won't be against you. Thank you so much. Uh, my question is um, about the prashadam thing that uh, Prabhuji was asking. Um, when we have small kids at home, Arash, sometimes if you've been outside and you come back and it's really late, Frequently asked questions. You, you have you seen? Maybe your mother did this in India. Your mother was in India. Yes, Maharaj. Okay. They make, they have big jars of some some items, snack items. You can give to the kids at any time because kids they can be hungry at any time. All home food. Yes, Maharaj. Not that you have to go and buy some Kit Kat or some such thing. <laughs> Give them prasad. Okay. Maharaj, uh, 
when you talk about the statements regarding the, you know, following the principles, especially prasadam, yeah, so... That's the beginning, because everything begins with the tongue. Sevan mukhe hi jivado. Begins with the tongue. It's not just a shlok that you learn and then you get 10 out of 10 in the... <laughs> You have to live it also. But while you know working in the industry, you go in office, you have to go to the you know, team members to go out sometimes. Mm. And if you don't, you know, like the tendency of the world is like you should be mixed with them sometimes. And if we don't take, oh, I'm not taking this prasad because it's not Krishna prasad. So and people think like you are not a normal. Then you are not normal. Well, uh, now the the uh, Ramadan just finished, right? There's so many Muslims in America, they observe that. They don't care people not thinking them normal. There's so many Orthodox Jews, they stick to their they stick to their dietary practice, even though people think they're not normal. So you can't do that for Krishna? You're so much concerned. These people they, they have uh, they don't have uh, or we say that we have not a highest knowledge of God and we can't follow and these are these people Jews and Muslims they're following and we can't follow just tell them this this is my religious thing if you don't like it well that's up to you it's up to you if you well, you want to satisfy the public or you want to satisfy Krishna that you have to choose Is there a difference between raising children at home by devotee parents or in a gurukul? Certainly there's a difference. Therefore the, the system is to send the children to gurukul. There should be a difference, right? If there was no difference, then there wouldn't be any need for any gurukul. <laughs> Could you explain? Well, why don't you think yourself? What, what do you think the difference might be? Can you think of anything? You maybe see him as your, you know, more as a son, you know, so you give him like little special treatments. May indulge them, yeah. Parents may tend to indulge their children. Also, the in the Gurukul, the uh, the the Acharya or the teacher, he, that's his that's his specialization. That's all he does. Is a specialist, whereas at home you may not be. You have you have other duties to perform. So, what did you want to? You wanted to ask something. Maharaj, you told them like not they only cook; they have material content because they want to cook for the enjoyment because they have that tendency. But suppose sometimes the non-devotee comes in temple, they cook for the devotee, they are offering. Why non-devotees don't come in the temple and cook? They're, they're not supposed to cook. Don't don't take food offered by, cooked by people who are not following the principles. Thank you, Maharaj. That's why that system is there. That in the temples, especially, that should should only be brahmanas 
who are cooking and offering to the Lord. And Brahmana means very strictly following. One doesn't become a Brahmana simply by having a thread put on one's shoulder. Srila Prabhupada and the, our recent Acharyas, they wanted to make a new class of Brahmanas who was to uh, play the role that the false Brahmanas were not playing. Just by having a thread without following strictly, they're supposed to be Brahmanas. But then if we just put a thread and we don't follow strictly, then... What are we? Having a thread in, and not following is meaningless. And But putting a thread on someone who didn't have one and who's, who's not following strictly is worse than meaningless. Mm. Uh, would you describe a little bit on uh, so you follow what they follow if you want to follow. In Purushottam months, you can follow if you like. You can do. Maharaj, I just have a follow-up question, Maharaj, from what you said. So you said that uh, like if we are eating more, means once we go to the point of being totally disgusted, we may leave and uh, leave out and come, but that's how I understood. But if if we think that that's the solution, and all the people who are obese and that's not the solution. The solution is to be more intelligent. But if you're not so intelligent, that may be the only way for you. That's all. But the solution is, a solution is you should hear and understand, and act according to intelligence. But if you declare yourself not capable of that, then you have to learn another way. Intelligent person learns by hearing. Less intelligent person learns by seeing. Even less intelligent person learns by experiencing. And a person with no intelligence never learns at all. So the best thing is you learn by hearing. But as you have expressed your inability to do so, I gave at another level. That's up to you. It's up to you. Krishna has given you intelligence. You have to use it. If you keep on asking when, it's not something that's going to come from outside. It has to come from you. So it's up to you. Don't ask me. You say. When will I surrender to Krishna? That's up to you. It's your decision. You have to make it. Um, there's a lot of people in the world that believe in God, but they don't know specifically about Krishna. Uh, and they offer their food at the table. You know, there is such a thing, right? Way. Yeah, saying grace before the meal. Right. I, I remember that and as that a kid. Something like they say, uh, God, thank you for giving us this food. I mean, is it accepted by Krishna? Well, really we have to know what Krishna wants. If we're sitting in front of a, a table of roast beef, that's that's not pleasing to Krishna. 
We have to know actually what he wants. In any way, if there is some recognition that there is a supreme power who we have to submit to, even with very little knowledge, even that is better than nothing. But it's not by not necessarily the best. So we can say that's better than nothing. The idea, this saying the grace before the meal, that's, I, I know at least from the Catholic tradition, is that in other traditions also Protestant? I don't know if they have that. Orthodox, Christian, I don't know if they have that. But it's not so much the idea that that we're cooking and offering it to him for his pleasure and we take his mercy in the form of his remnants. That idea is not there at all. It's more like that it's there and he's given it to us so we can enjoy. So thank you. <laughs> Do you have that? You're from Orthodox yes. background. They have that same idea. Yeah. Mm. So it's a very different conception. The the idea that we are the enjoyers of the world has not changed. That's that's the vital difference in Vaishnav culture to understand that we are meant for His pleasure. Not that we believe in God because He helps us to enjoy ourselves. The root of the demoniac mentality is to think Ishvaro Hamahambhogi. I am the dominate. I am meant to dominate this world and enjoy it. So if we add to that, well, God is something who we don't really. Th- we don't really know who is very much we don't really want to but something up there who helps us to dominate and enjoy that's the 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 seed of the demoniac mentality is still there so it's not that all religions are the same and there's a very distinct difference there in the in the whole understanding but yeah in any way if some if people somehow or other at least pay lip service to God, that's at least some kind of start. But like I say, to, to thank you God for giving us this roast beef. It's, uh, it's a long way from pure devotional service. So we can't say it's just all the same. So Hare Krishna, we'll finish there. And you have...